welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, we've got the uh, the small matter of the first game of the season. Uh, we're going to hear from caretaker boss Lee Bullen. Uh, also got new signing Kadim Harris. Um, first, though, well, I mean, another quiet week in Wednesday world. Um, let's let's get the friendly out of the way first. So two-all draw with Espanyol. Um, entertaining game and some good moments for Wednesday in that game, wasn't there? There's yeah. some nice passages of play. Really positive. I thought that first 25 minutes, half an hour, they dominated and uh, you know, could have scored at least a couple of times. Biggest plus was Kieran Lee. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Lee was terrific. Look back to uh, the player of a few years ago. Uh, and I think uh, for me, he pretty much with that performance uh, nailed down a starting spot or Reading. I'd be really surprised uh, if he's not in that starting eleven at the Medeski Stadium this weekend, he was terrific. It's just what we've come to expect from Kieran Lee. Did a lot of um, good work off the ball, and then those trademark late runs from deep, and uh, you know had a couple of chances. That one where it nearly you know looked like it was going to squirm underneath the goalkeeper, and, and he got it at the second time of asking. And, yep. and actually, it was the way that he really pushed on and was in that advanced role, and he was the one that was sort of tasked with supporting getting right up close to Stephen Fletcher and there was actually signs of a of a good partnership there and I, I saw the first time really I think that we've seen him in that that sort of attacking position of where you've got Sam Hutchinson and Barry Bannon who were the, the deeper ones and Bannon was pulling the strings and then Hutchinson was the one sort of in front of the back four but to actually mm. see Kieran Lee pushed on there he just looks a natural I mean, maybe, I'm guessing that that's Lee and kind of trying a few things out and trying a few different things with um, with Kieran Lee. It's interesting you say um, that it was what we've come to expect of him, and yet in a way it's kind of almost what we've forgotten that we can expect from him because it's that long since we've really seen him play effectively. We saw him at the back end of last season, but it was you know they, they were bit part performances because he was getting back to fitness. Seeing him now after a full pre-season, and it does remind you that we just don't have another Kieran Lee in the squad, and when he's not there. There's other players that come in and do a job, but they're not the same job. And and any team at this level is a better team when you've got a Kieran Lee in it. Um, whether or not playing maybe a more advanced role with more of a kind of a targeted sort of um, uh, role as part of that might suit him better from a fitness point of view. Um, because, you know, it's kind of tradition, sort of traditional role, which was a little bit more box-to-box, wasn't it? A little bit more, you know, he would be pretty much everywhere. Um, if he if he's from a, you know, kind of a, fit, a fitness or an injury point of view, if he just can't do that anymore, if that's not going to be his game moving forward, then um, it, it's great if they're kind of thinking now, well, let's really kind of work out where he fits best into um, into that team. And a good, a good headache for... Um, Philly Bullard to have for the for the team against Reading. We'll talk about that a bit in a bit. Let, let's talk about the first Wednesday goal because that was um, I, I I almost kind of tweeted saying the season not even starting. I think we've just seen goal of the season, but considering the, some of the stuff we scored last season, that would be a silly thing to say. But uh, it was it was just brilliant, wasn't it? It was a thing of thing of beauty. That ball from Barry Bannon, and then just the finish from Fletcher. Everything about it was just brilliant. Fletcher's been banging form in preseason, four goals, and yeah, again. You can't look past him leading the line at Reading. He has to start. He's, yeah, and also, his form this calendar year yeah, um, yeah. has been of a very high standard. Consistently, he's been putting in strong performances. And he actually looks probably in the best shape that he's looked in in his time at Wednesday. And uh, it's, you know, I think he's going to be a huge player what Wednesday want to do this season and he gives him that option of he's shown that he can play up front he's not on his own but he, you know not with massive support around him at times but then uh, also he can work effectively with a partner uh, and so we've seen yeah. that he's sort of flexible and adaptable in that way but yeah sometimes you look at it and think that because Barry Bannon and Stephen Fletcher they're such good mates off the pitch and they they play not just at club level but international level together. Yeah. You can see the understanding. Barry Bannon to put that ball into the back post. He knew that Stephen Fletcher would make that run, and that if it's a good quality cross, which it was, that Stephen Fletcher more often than not is going to get on the end of it. 
Yeah, it was an incredible, uh, incredible cross. You, you don't see many crosses like that. Um, all right, so so taking this into account, um, we've talked there about Stephen Fletcher being able to play with or without a striking partner. Do you do you sacrifice a second striker in order to have Kieran Lee and Barry Bannon in the same team? Are we do, looking at do, do the whole think, season, or are we talking just uh, specifically the, right, about well, Reading? Well, let's just concentrate on Reading because it's it's an away game, and there's not many there's not many teams that would play two out and out strikers for an away game in the championship. It's not it's not unheard of, but it's you know increasingly kind of rare. Um, so I what, think before we go further, actually, I want to ask you: What did you think the formation was to begin with against Espanyol? Uh, I wasn't there, so I can't. No, but all right. From where you, I, from I, watching I, the game as you on, did on online, channel. yeah, or um, YouTube channel. I I would not be able to really hazard a, a guess on yeah. that. We well, see that was it. I thought it was a four-one-four-one setup, uh, but then you know, speaking to people uh, during and in the aftermath of the game, they were saying maybe more of a four-three-three setup. At the end of the day, it's yeah. it's a very minor thing but I I would have thought that it's going to be more 4-1-4-1 that they will set up at Reading and that they will look to counter uh, out you know with the pace out wide of Reach and Ivers Wow or Kadeem Harris I would yeah. think is the way that they're going to go and then Kieran Lee will be the one that's expected to bomb on and Barry Bannon and Hutchinson will sit deep and hold the midfield. That's it, it, the way I see it going. It sounds balanced, doesn't it? It yeah. does. It sounds like the kind of team that you think, all right, it can it can work. Um, thinking back to the Espanol game, then particularly, um, did you kind of see any weaknesses? I thought there were a couple of moments defensively that were just a little bit shaky. I, I thought Odebajo was shaky actually, mm-hmm. and yeah, him and him and Liam Palmer. Um, it's, I still look at it and think. Is, is Liam Palmer the long-term solution at left-back? Um, will Sheffield Wednesday, I keep asking myself, will Sheffield Wednesday finish in the top six uh, with Liam Palmer as the left-back? The jury's out for me on that, as well as Liam Palmer has done in 2019 uh, and playing yeah, really out of position. Uh, I uh, said on this podcast before, and I'm really stick by it, that I think left back is an area that I would be strengthening before deadline day next week. Yeah, but whether they do or not, I think the other priority positions. Lee Bourne's sort of made it clear: uh, centre half, central midfield, and another forward. Yeah. I think they seem to be the three that he's pushing for, and he'd like to get at least two of those areas covered. Uh, as he said at uh, his press conference today, mm-hmm. uh, before uh, the window shuts next Thursday, um, I think the the point with Liam Palmer, and I think we talk about Stephen Fletcher having a, a good, consistent calendar year. To be fair, Liam Palmer generally has as well. Uh, he was one of those players that, that when Steve Bruce came in, he kind of really stepped up, and his performance level kind of went up, and 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 he wasn't as inconsistent as we've seen him be in the past. I think most people would have said when he was offered a new contract that it's the right thing but it's kind of more as a squad player than necessarily a kind of a nailed on first name on the team sheet kind of player and we probably do need to be looking for someone that that does kind of take that mantle of being the automatic choice at, at left back where do you think Wednesday looked weak against Espanyol from what you saw I thought there were just some shaky moments defensively uh, and I actually don't think that it was down to any of the individual defenders I think it was just the fact that obviously we change things around as you do in a friendly um, they just look to be it's that, that that kind of that issue that the Wednesday back four tends to have when you don't have that that more kind of steady experienced hand alongside Tom Lees um, so you know, we know when Glenn Leuven's was around, it was a rock solid defence. Last season with Michael Hector, uh, when he got a clear run in the team, it was a, a rock steady defence. There were just kind of moments where it just looks a bit iffy. You know, we should have won that game two one. It's just a simple defensive mistake that that gives away that that equaliser. Um, and and that you know, you probably need stuff like that to happen in pre season games. You learn lessons from it, and and it gives them stuff to work on on the on the training ground. So there was nothing at all where I come away thinking we've got problems. But I just think, right, that defence is just going to, you know, we we probably are going to give away 
a few silly goals in the first few months of the season. Hopefully not like match losing goals, but we will give away some goals while that defence just kind of gets to know each other well enough for it to all kind of come together and cohese and gel and all that. I think that's the, the point you've made there is absolutely spot on in that you've got to remember that of the back four that has uh, played last weekend and is likely to play against Reading, uh, two of the you know, players have changed. So you've got Moses Odebajo and Julian Borna. Uh, so the, the, and I actually think, I mean, both of them have shown you know, glimpses of what they can do in pre-season. I think there's a lot to work there with both and I think they're going to be good signings with a bit of luck for Wednesday this season but you're right that those partnerships uh, and the pattern of play and everything they're still adjusting and getting used to Sheffield Wednesday they have only been at this football club for six weeks and they haven't played a competitive match yet and the real business begins tomorrow yep absolutely uh, anything else on Espanol uh, they scored two wonder goals, didn't they? They did score two wonder goals, yeah. Do you know, when I was I was watching it on um, on YouTube, I got a couple of friends that were there, um, and when their first goal went in, before I'd seen the replay, I texted my mate saying, I think Westwood could have saved that, and watched the replay, I was like, ignore that message. <laughs> uh, it was incredible. You don't, you just don't stop those deals. It's an incredible, uh, yeah. incredible strike. And um, yeah, I, it, it, was, it was actually, you know, it was an entertaining mm. game, um, which... You see so many of these preseason games that just kind of fizzle into being nothing, but that was exciting from the beginning to the uh, to the end. I think Wednesday should have had another penalty as well. Yeah. Um, I thought they were um, uh, Espanol were a, a little more physical in their approach to the game at times, and um, again, maybe not a bad thing. Um, but um, yeah, I think if we can transfer that that form into um, into the first league game, and um, it kind of puts us on a good a good kind of starting. Point. There was certainly no hangover of, from from Steve Bruce not being around, and I think that's probably no. the most pleasing thing. Is it seemed yeah. like a team that was just getting the hell on with it. Yeah, and Lee Bourne has to take a lot of credit for that. That yeah. it, it, the disruption that Steve Bruce's departure could have created, the fact that Lee Bourne is a safe pair of hands and he has been at the club for years, he knows it inside out. That he's just come in and taken on the mantle, carried on the groundwork that had been laid by Steve Bruce and his coaching staff when they were there. And he, I think that's crucially what he's tried to uh, not do is change much. He has kept things as simple. Uh, and yeah, from talking to people in and around the training ground, a lot of the drills are still actually very much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he wanted that continuity and he thinks that's important. And it's, and it's understandable, you know, you, you don't want to just uh, change everything overnight that uh, they've been working on for the first half of pre-season. And so I, I think, you know, that's a, it was a wise decision uh, by Lee Bowen. And, and also Neil Thompson, who, by the way, is yet again, he stepped up and he's almost acting as assistant manager at the minute. And it, it, I think... Um, I, you know, I remember Sam Hutchinson when he came back into the team actually uh, before Christmas. That you know he was very keen to sort of praise Neil Thompson uh, in the fact that uh, you know his influence around the club and uh, you know keeping spirits high. You know, he, I think Neil Thompson you know, he's done such a sterling job with the under twenty threes over the years that, that Wednesday lucky to have people like. Lee Bowen and Neil Thompson already at the club have been good servants and done a lot of good work. Well, this this brings us neatly on to the subject of the manager position because last week we kind of talked about the fact that it was it was pretty much clear as mud as to what direction it was going to go on and and, and a week later, pretty much the same situation, still, still clear as mud. Um, there was a, a little period where everyone got very excited about Chris Hewton uh, and then that went all quiet again. Um, and... Um, uh, talk that he kind of ruled himself out of it and I always kind of think with these situations that how many times do you see someone rule themselves out of it and a couple of weeks later it transpires that there yeah. they are in the job because actually they're just holding out for a bit more budget or whatever it might be um, but all gone quiet on that front uh, Tony Pulis had kind of sunk into the background suddenly there's a lot of talk there again Gary Rowett has kind of been up and down in the betting um, there's been talk of a couple of Portuguese managers as well it really is clear as mud right now isn't it yeah, it, it is. <laughs> in terms of that, uh, in the managerial situation, it's very uncertain right now. I, I like the fact actually that the club Monday afternoon they they put it out there and just gone right. We're going to remove yeah. any 
uncertainty. We're going to clarify it once and for all. Lee Bowen, no matter what, he's taking the Reading match. And I think Lee Bowen deserves the chance to you know, lead Wednesday into battle for this first game after uh, you know everything that... Um, you know he's done over pre-season and picking up the pieces really, and uh, you know getting that group together, and uh, you know they're looking in good shape. I think physically and mentally, uh, the, you know I think they're as good a position as he can be, considering there has been a fair amount of turmoil with uh, you know nobody really expecting that Steve Bruce, with less than three weeks to go before the start season, uh, would not be the manager. You know everyone envisaged that he would be the man to to take this club forward, and that's not the case. And so yeah, you know Lee Bowen. Uh, he's put his hat in the ring. He wants it. He said it. You know, he's, he feels he's ready for management. And I um, have said a, f- a couple times this week that I think it's really now or never for Lee Bowen uh, in terms of the, yeah. the manager position. I may, have, I actually may be repeating myself from last week's podcast as well. I may have said the same <laughs> thing, but I'll reiterate it again. But, but I think it really is that uh, from his point of view, he'd be looking desperately to try and get a positive result at Reading uh, and then that might mean he gets the job for another game or two uh, and he'd try and strengthen his case uh, to get you know, to get the job on a permanent basis but this is now the third time he's been caretaker uh, in the space of 18 months so yep. uh, you, you do feel as if if he's not given it this time it, it's unlikely to happen for him at Sheffield Wednesday. In in a way, he's kind of in the driving seat now, isn't he? Because because the fact they've not appointed anyone before the start of the season, it doesn't... Uh, I, I mean, we we don't get much insight into really what's kind of going on with the, the manager situation. The club are keeping the cards very close to the chest on it. But it doesn't seem like they're on the verge of appointing someone. So you kind of feel like it's got to the point now where Lee Bullen, if Wednesday go to Reading and win, then, you know, that's a little tick in a box somewhere. Um, and you know, if if there isn't anyone imminent on the way in, he he could actually put himself in pole position with a few good results. I think we said last week that a similar thing happened with Stuart Gray when he was caretaker and actually just by winning some games m- made himself favourite. And the pressure from the fans kind of you know took took its toll as well in terms of the fact that there was just no choice. It could be a similar thing here. You know, the fan, the relationship between Lee Bullen and the fans has always been excellent. Uh, even when you know, we've had other managers in, when when Lee Bullen comes to applaud the fans at the end of every game, particularly away games. His name always gets always gets sung. Um, so you know, if if Wednesday do win at, at Reading tomorrow, there'll be a lot of fans saying, "Actually, do you know what? Maybe we've already got the answer. Maybe we don't need to look mm. much further than um, much further than that." Um, having said all of that, right? I, I've kind of been thinking about this this week and thinking, right? It's it's now a month since the first talk of Steve Bruce going started, kind of you know kicked off. Yeah. Um, should we, as a football club, have been a little bit better prepared? I know you, no one expected Steve Bruce to go, but uh, I kind of think that clubs nowadays are constantly working on a short list of who their next manager will be because it's just the way that football works. You know, we saw it. Who was it? There was a, a club, was it Forest, who sacked their manager and appointed their new manager 17 minutes later this summer or something like that. I know there's been a couple of clubs where they, they announced mm. the replacement pretty much Yeah, but that, that was different a completely it's a, it's different scenario. Yeah, but that's it. This four, is the f- four weeks later, is that, is that, well, is that a reflection on... It's nearly on three weeks, I think, since Steve Bruce... Uh, since he resigned, and then yeah. he took. But the there were Newcastle rumors around for a little bit. Well, well, there, there were rumors at Owls in the Park. That, yeah, that that's when it started, and then it died down a bit, and then it resurfaced towards the end of the Portugal, um, you know, pre-season training camp. So that's around July the tenth, eleventh, and then it was the fifteenth that then everything started to kick off. And I do hear where, where you're coming from uh, that some clubs. Uh, may well have had a succession plan. They may well already have had a plan B, a C, a D. They know the type of manager that they would want. Say, you know, if if Steve Bruce goes, they know who ideally they would want to bring in. And so I do hear where you're coming from, but then I also think it's a case of the club have been caught really on the hop. They just weren't expecting it. I, mean, I can't get past that. And I did. This is where I do have huge sympathy for the the chairman really that uh, he was banking on Steve Bruce that he would be taking Sheffield Wednesday into the 2019-20 season and that they would be having a ruddy good go to get promoted to get, sound like Alan that. Partridge I get that so, a ruddy good go <laughs> um, but and maybe this has got to be the lesson from it that it doesn't you know even if we appoint Lee Bullen as manager now we've got to then start thinking right what's what's the next move after that 
it might yeah. it might be two years away, three years away, it might be ten mm. years away. It might you know, it might do a brilliant job. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna play devil's w- advocate w- again whatever. and go this though. I'm gonna say this. So if you're in the chairman's position right now, so St- Steve Bruce has walked out. He's gone. Yeah. So that's the second manager that has uh, left, or again another change in manager that you're having to make in the space of seven months. Mm-hmm. So there is no continuity there. There's no stability at the moment at the top. So in terms of the manager, you know, since Carlos Carvalho left, they've, they've they've been two permanent managers and they've gone. So and and the results have not gone well. So two mid-table finishers in a row, and. The chairman has got his sights set on taking this club into the Premier League. The brief has remained the same from when Dave Ponchansuri yeah. first bought the club. It remains the same. So the bigger picture, I think, is this. right? That uh, He still thinks that, I'm sure, privately, if you asked him, that he'd be aiming for promotion this year. Mm-hmm. But then also, he's got to look at the bigger picture in that they have to get this appointment right so that they can try and get back to... It's so difficult with longevity of managers this year you know in the championship it's probably 12 months is the longest that a mm-hmm. manager gets before they get the sack but this chairman is very loyal to his staff we've seen that and you know he would have done everything he could to keep Steve Bruce happy and give him all the resources he needs to try and take this club into the Premier League and I believe he'd do the same with the next man but he's got to get it right He's desperate to get it right. He wants the next manager to be here, not just for a season, but for two, three, how, you know, as long as possible. While you know, to to, br- yeah, to bring the good times back to mm-hmm. Wednesday and to be successful. And so, the fact that they're going through the due diligence and the, the they want to get the right person in, I can't fault them for that. It, obviously, it's not ideal that Wednesday are going into the first game of the season with a caretaker in charge. They're not. You know, I was thinking about when has this happened before. I think Mike Phelan at Hull is maybe the only other one that I, uh, you know that come to my attention where you've had a caretaker. And that, by the way, who did he replace? Steve Bruce. <laughs> um, so there you go. The, but it doesn't happen very often that you have a caretaker who's in charge for the yeah. first game. It's a very unusual situation that we're in. And so Wednesday, I just feel it's a, it was one that it's hard for them to have planned for. And I do have a great amount of sympathy for them. I, I totally take your point on that. And, and uh, I don't, I don't, I can't particularly disagree with it. All I say is maybe we've just got to use this or, or you know, the club have got to use this as, as just a, a point of learning maybe. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to repeat what I said last week about, um, We've got to look at something like a director of football because then you've got someone that is always thinking about these things. So if the manager leaves, then the director of football goes, it's fine, I've got five people that I've been keeping my eye on for a bit, let's get them in, let's talk to them. And it just means there's someone that's always having those thoughts and always thinking about that that stuff. But, um, you know, I could I could argue this land blue in the face. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's um, talk about Fernando Forestieri. Now, this is a, a topic that uh, we touched on a couple of times at the back end of, of last season when we talked about this FA charge kind of you know hanging over him. Um, we, we've both had a fair bit to, to say about it on previous episodes where you know this whole thing about the 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 burden of of um conviction being different for the fa than it is in a court of law and and all that kind of stuff but um perhaps not particularly unexpectedly because um we could all see it coming a mile off but uh yeah he was convicted of the fa charge this week six game ban and uh, a fairly hefty fine um he's appealed so uh, as i understand it he is still he can still play in the game uh, at reading yep. if he's uh, if he's um selected um there's been a, a lot of talk about this on social media and some really good points raised the the Wayne Hennessy things come up a few times uh, and the comparisons there uh Millwall this week getting a 10,000 pound fine for racist chanting by their fans and the comparison there and whether or not the punishment here kind of seems um you know out of kilter with uh, other things that we've that we've seen this has happened before, hasn't it? We've seen this before with the the FA, and I can't I can't think of the actual cases, but it has John happened. Terry. Yeah, it has happened in yeah. the in in the past, yeah. and I think we we were kind of braced for it because we know there's there's previous there, but it has to be said, it, the whole thing it just it just stinks a bit. This it does. I don't, I don't no, like it does. It. It no, really it does. doesn't it's seem the, the timing makes it stink even more. It's yeah. the fact it that was twelve months ago, yeah, more it, than yeah. So 
you know, and they've gone through the criminal proceedings where by the court of the land he's been found innocent and only at that, the point of when the criminal proceedings ended could then the FA, uh, you know, reopen and investigate the case again. But when you think about the fact that he was actually given a three-match ban last season, so in total... If this band is upheld, you know, if the appeal fails, nine matches in total that uh, between two seasons that Fernando Forestieri will be will have been suspended for, uh, and I mean that that's big, you know, that's effectively a couple of months of football yeah. that that Fernando Forestieri will have missed through uh, you know th- this FA charge and. I, I can't get over, and I'm sorry, right, so it finished in March, the criminal proceedings. How has it taken until nearly August for the hearing to have taken place? Uh, well, I I understand that, you know, you've got to compile the evidence and you've got to get everything together. You've got to interview people, etc. Get you know, and you're getting everybody in a room together, you know, so you had from the Wednesday camp, you had Atty Knew You and, and Lee Bowen, you know, they were on the defence, uh, in uh, they on the defence side in terms of at the hearing, uh, in support of Fernando Forestieri against this, but it's all very unwelcome and and yeah. stinks and not what Wednesday need, uh, just another thing of a, neg- a bit of negativity really, uh, and a cloud hanging over Forestieri going into the start of the season, and it will have been hung over him for um, a number of months because yeah, of he would have known that as soon as the criminal proceedings, well, yeah, he'd, he'd have been delighted on the. The one hand that that's over, but he always knew that this was potentially going to happen. And it's not it's not just about kind of the prospect of a ban. It's a really unpleasant thing to be accused of. It's a really unpleasant thing to be convicted of. Um, and you know, having you know, I've I've read through parts of the not the whole thing, but parts of the transcript from the the hearing, uh, as I'm sure other people have as well. When you look at it and just think, oh, it's, it's woolly at best. You know, this is like. It's a bit painful reading it, and they're kind of saying, "Yeah, we don't really think we don't really know that if he said it or not." But yeah, well, we're not really. Mm. It's 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 just like I I struggle to comprehend the uh, appeal that it will still be upheld because it just seems so so light. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. You know, I, I guess the uh, appeal here will be in the next few weeks, um, and you know, in the meantime. Fair play. It sounds like from what Lee Bullen's been saying that 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 Fess is kind of you know got his head clear over the last few days and is just getting on with stuff now. And that's um, for, I think the for, best thing for him now is to play. Need, yeah. I think he needs to get out there, and I, I think and actually it'll be well, it'll be a release for him. That uh, you know, yeah. you got to remember. I mean, where he's brought up in Argentina, the you know, street football. Uh, and the, you know, the the Forest Series mentality is that you know he's just like, and you see it on the pitch. It, that to get the best out of him, he needs that freedom to express himself, to be able to you know, do what he likes. And so, I I I'd, I'd like to think that it's going to make him, um, you know, you know it's, it's terrible what he's gone through, but it, it's going to make him hungry and more determined to. I don't know, almost prove a point. I mean, he has got a point to prove anyway this season, the fact that it's the last year of his contract. Uh, so, Fernando Forcieri is going to be 30 in January. So, um, we haven't seen the best of him as a football for the last couple of years. And it would be great, uh, you know, if he could start to uh, produce some of the old magic that we saw when he first joined Wednesday. It's horrible, isn't it? You just... It's lining up for just to be another one of those seasons where it just doesn't quite happen for him. We stop start again, missing, isn't it? Missing six games yeah. is significant. Well, I mean, the last two years it's been through injuries and yeah. a bit of suspension, and then you're looking at it this. So potentially he's going to miss you know, six out of forty six matches already. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's no, it's it's a situation where again for Wednesday, uh, the last thing that they would have wanted going into a new season. Uh, right, transfer talk, and there's there's not a lot really here. We, we've talked a bit about the areas where we still think Wednesday need to um, strengthen, and we'll hear from Lee Bullen a little bit uh, on this in a, in a bit, but uh, to summarise, he kind of says it's going to be tweaks rather than anything major. Um, he doesn't really mention any names, and again, it's another week where there don't seem to be any names knocking about. The only, the only kind of thing that we do know about is this Rhodes to Norwich thing being reignited, but... Not in any great seriousness. We'll just laugh that one off. Um, and pretty quiet on incomings. There's no real gossip around. 
Yeah, that, that is the situation. I did ask him uh, at the press conference about Michael Hector and what's the possibilities yeah, we'll of, him, yep. of him returning. And he said there's there's a chance. But I, as I've said before on the pod, I've, I really think that uh, it's unlikely. I don't think Chelsea want to loan him out. They they want to sell him. Yep. He's, he's not going to play there. He's never even played a game for them. So I know Frank Lampard's gone in there, but uh, I'd be surprised then if Michael Hector... It was all of a sudden in the Chelsea squad, and uh, he's going to be a, a very good player for some Championship club. I, I, I'd be amazed if he's still at Chelsea come the end of the window, one way or another. You know, there's been that Fulham interest in him. Yeah. Will they reignite it? Uh, if if you're so the, yeah, Championship clubs at the top end or have got aspirations to get promoted, uh, and you look at what Michael Hector achieved and did at uh, Wednesday last season. Uh, I can't surely there can't be many better centre halves out there. No, not, uh, not a championship you, do, level. No, a championship level, and you'd be maybe looking at sort of between three to five million, uh, which is probably what you know Chelsea are looking for, yeah. and that's why I just think he's out of Wednesday's price ranges. Uh, that yeah. they're out of the soft embargo, but they're not out of the woods. Yeah, and this club. Uh, as you've said, they've got to learn lessons from the past mistakes that they've made with recruitment, so they can't go back to those days of forking out and paying big sums of money. On it's players. Not, for a player that's in the last year of the contract, it's, it's not a sensible buy at that at that kind of money. He's a good age, twenty six. You know, he could, he could have two great years, yeah. and you could, uh, um, yeah, if you join Wednesday, came back, and you know, you could make a profit potentially on it. But that's what Wednesday. That's where they have to, I think, change in the recruitment side is that they've got to be looking at resale value. Sometimes, you know, for players, they've got to be looking at how we can improve players, make them more attractive for uh, potential suitors. You know, they, clearly they'd want to try and keep their squad together, but it's developing talent. That that's what Wednesday really that they have to sort of go to that level. That that's what you want to see more of. You know how many players have Wednesday sold for big fees? Well, none under the chairman. Um, uh, but even what going back, what Chris Brunt? Yeah, it's it's a while, and you got Majid Bagheera went yeah. for reasonable money, and uh, not many more. It doesn't happen. No. It's not happened, and. Uh, yeah, you know, in the modern market of where clubs are paying astronomical amounts of money, this is where you can get the churn, and you can, you know, if, if you do sell something, you know, that this is, and this may happen before the deadline. You never know if someone comes in with a big money offer for an Adam Reach, as, as an example. Wednesday would be foolish to ignore it or not to consider it if it then means that either in the, this window or in January they can reinvest it back in the team. Fair enough. Right, enough of us for now. Let's hear from Bully. And he's pleased to have kept the same nucleus of his squad. I mentioned it earlier on when, when Steve Bruce left that continuity was key. And I think that's the same with uh, with building a squad. I think it's very difficult at times to have 10, 12 player changes uh, in any squad and to get it bedded in for the beginning of the season. So, yeah, we are really happy to have the hardcore uh, nucleus of the squad in place and with one or two tweaks then hopefully it's just the, the spark we need. Lee, do you know in your own mind what that starting level is going to be tomorrow? Yep. When will you tell the team? Probably tell them tomorrow. They may have an inkling by the end of today. Players are not silly. What will be your sort of final <coughs> words, message to them before they go out at Remember what you've put your, uh, into your legs so far pre-season. Remember the hard work you've done and go out and play with a smile on your face. That's it. Simple. Go and play with a smile on your face. If they're playing with a smile on their face, they're playing to their abilities and they're enjoying themselves. If they do that, you won't be far away against most teams in this league. How confident are you that you can get off to a good start? I'm confident from what I've seen in pre-season. But as I say, especially first game of the season, it can, it can kick you in the teeth. Or it can give you a lift when you feel you've not had a good pre-season. But we're we're full of confidence. Um, I think the players have enjoyed their pre-season. I think they feel the benefits of the work they've put into their pre-season. And I think they're just ready to go, as I'm sure Reading's players are as well. Going back to Fernando, how much has this FA chance been hanging over him? It's one of these things that 
we've known for a while that it's been coming and it was obviously announced the other day so the lad's had a, an opportunity to digest it and get his head round it and get over it and deal with it um, but other than that I can't say too much because obviously it's gone to appeal so um, I've got to keep my counsel on, on what I can and can't say on the matter but Fernando is in a much more positive mood now than he was a few days ago shall we say yeah. with Jordan Rhodes uh, yeah, understandable if you get promotion and he's part of your promotion squad. So, but Jordan's come back and then brilliant in pre season, got a few goals, really affected things when he's come off the bench to play, really affected things when he started. But there's five other strikers there that have also done very similar things. So, um, listen, it's great to have him back, it's great to have him playing with a smile on his face. He seems to be enjoying his pre season. Listen, the next seven days will take care of six, five days will take care of themselves. Do you think that with the strikers that you've got, that one or two may, you know, will have to go before the Well, they don't have to go, but ultimately clubs, we're we very blessed to have six strikers. A lot of clubs are still scratching around trying to find a striker, so naturally they'll look at ourselves and think, oh, they'll probably want to get rid of a couple. So there's always an ultimately good players attract interest. Would we want to sell any? Not necessarily, no, because they're all good players and they'll all benefit the squad throughout the season. Um, but I can understand if, if there is interest shown from, from elsewhere in, in their players. The fans are still asking what are the chances of Michael Hector coming back before they I think there's chances, but I think we're, we're obviously Michael loved his time here, but we're also uh, mindful of financial aspects of every sort of deal that we're looking at pre-season-wise. Um, he's well liked here by supporters, but obviously he's coming from a, a mega club in Chelsea who have a valuation on their players. If we can fit that into what we're doing then, it's, I'm sure it's something that the chairman will, will look at, but if it's something that's financially not right for the club, then we have to look at other opportunities. Now you've spoken about incomings and outgoings. What's the what's the state of play there then? Let's start with incomings then first of all. How how close are you? Uh, we're, we've we've been working hard um, all pre season on running up a list of areas we feel that maybe need a little bit of strengthening. Um, what I can tell you is that the chairman's been very positive and sort of what we've looked at and areas that we feel need uh, adding to. Um, so we are speaking to people. We are hopeful that before the window closes, I think it's next Thursday, that we'll have another one or two new additions. Um, how much in your search for, for new players then does the free agency market come into your mind? Yeah, I think we've utilised it very, very well with the three lads we've brought in already. I think it is an area that we have to look at because I think we had to look at potentially bringing down the average age of the squad, in my opinion, um, which refreshes the group. I mean, the core of our team squad at the back end of last season is still players that played at Wembley four, four years ago. Um, and so they're all sort of that four years further on in their careers. So I personally believe that we need to look younger. Um, and we need to start that recycle again of the squad and the team built around those quality players that we still have. Because you now have, with Harris and Iorfa, and I know he can't play for a couple of games, but, and one or two others, players of pace, yeah. which has also been an issue for this group. I think a lot of people have highlighted that over the last three or four years. It's something that we maybe even missed since, since JJ and um, Antonio left the club. And it's, it's good that we've got Kadim in, yeah, as you say, Dominic, Moses Odebajo's got pace about him. And Pams can make runs up from the side as well. So um, it just gives other teams something different to think about. And having played as a full-back and a centre-back playing against pace, I know how difficult that is and how frightening it can be at times if you're playing against somebody that's full of confidence. Uh, what about the, the prospect for, for outgoings then? As, as far as you're aware, is there any interest in, in anyone? I think there's been a couple of snippets here and there, but nothing concrete as, as far as I'm aware. But I, I probably, as you would 
I'd expect things to heat up both directions over the next sort of week especially. It's amazing how one result, first game of the season, can suddenly <coughs> spark chairman or managers into changing tact on they think their their squad's done and dusted and then suddenly think, well oh, wait a minute, if you get if you take a if you take a sole one in first game of the season. So what what represents kind of success then this season for Wednesday? Because all the players you've got, you know, people might wouldn't necessarily say Wednesday are at least dark horses for the players. Yeah, it's interesting looking at some of these websites at the moment and predicting the old predictor tables and everything. I think Sky Sports had us one of the three relegation candidates, so it's it's good that teams look at that because then we get underestimated. Personally, I know what we've got squad-wise in that changing room, and our focus will be, as I stated the other night in the managers' meeting, our focus will be to go out and win every single game. Obviously, during the 90 minutes, we're going to have to adjust tactics at times. Uh, obviously, depending on how we're doing in the league and the run of form we're on and injuries, we might have to adjust. But the plan will be to go out and, and win every game, home or away. So, uh, Reading on Saturday. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Good opportunity now just to thank our gold partner for the season, Title Law. Um, I don't know if you saw the tweet, Dom. Uh, Oliver, who runs Title Law, uh, which fact is true? A, he got Dom off the hook when he was arrested for public indecency in Portugal a couple of years ago. Or B, he went to the same high school as James. Uh, I have to reveal that the first one of those is not true. Because uh, you actually got fined for it, didn't you? No, that's, hey. not, that's not true either. Yeah. The balls were definitely not out. Uh, right then, no need would, for that. <laughs> if you would like to, uh, if you would like to get involved with um, singing the blues, then we have various opportunities, including I finally decided on the wording for these. So the blue and white partner level, uh, which is just for kind of listeners who uh, want to show their support, and hi to Tim Wilmshurst, Dave Lazenby, and Aaron Johnson, who are our new supporters this week. If you want to join them, just check the show notes. It's £20 for the season. Dead easy. Just do it through PayPal. Stick your Twitter hand, handle on there so we can say hi and your address so I can send you some stuff. Uh, we also have silver and gold options. Again, see the show notes for all the details. Uh, on to Reading then. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit. So first of all, as as referenced by um, by Lee Bullen, uh, no injuries other than Joe Wildsmith, who probably wouldn't have been in the squad anyway. Uh, Dom, I offer out... Injured. Other than that, suspended. Uh, sorry, out suspended. Yeah. Um, other than that, clean bill of. Oh, it's a really healthy squad. So it's a great I, I, situation. I, it is, isn't it? Two players. Um, with respect, Joe Wildsmith is third choice goalkeeper. Yeah. So it's effectively it's one outfield player, and with Dominic I all for banned for Reading and Barnsley, and yeah, there's there's options, uh, particularly in the attacking. Department, as as we have uh, discussed many a time, they're blessed there with uh, six forwards. Yeah. So they've got to try and shoehorn um, you know, f- at least four of them. You've got to think into the match day squad. So uh, I'd be surprised if there there was more than four in the eighteen. Did you um, did you pick up on? You know, when Sam Winnell came on, that he seemed to be playing a lot deeper than we. He played in central midfield. Yeah, yeah. Is there I, something I th- in that? Well, actually, Lee Bowen was uh, really impressed with how he did uh, in central midfield, and uh, he said that he gave him a few things to think about. Uh, but I, I don't think that. I think it was more to get Sam Winnell on the pitch and to get him some minutes in yeah. the final preseason. I love the fact match. we've got so many strikers that would just we play them in midfield now just to fill gaps. I love that. Well, Atty knew Forestieri came on, didn't they, in the second yeah. half? Yeah, Joao, Fletcher, Rhodes also in the second half. So how else are you going to do it unless you're going to play 4 2 4? Well, I mean, they can't all be on the bench, can you? So if if we're going with, and we seem to be on the same page with this, that, that Fletcher starts. Yep. Uh, and you start with, um, I would probably start with Harris on one side, Reach on the other. Yeah. Uh, and then the midfield picks itself, Lee, Bannon and Hutchinson. Um, and then the the back four, I guess there's a few different options there that, that it could um, that it could go with, but it's kind of in front of the back four, which is the interest, interesting bit. And then you think, well, what do you do on the bench? Because I, I would think, right, I mean, you could, Atty New use the one where you'd say it's quite easy to leave him out of the squad, but he's the only one that plays that role. So, you know, if we needed someone else to come on and do a Fletcher role, then, you know, we've only got Atty New there. Um, if, you know, Forestieri's got to be on the bench. Yeah. Um, Jordan Rhodes probably got to be on the bench. The way you're saying it, I think that, yeah, it might be Atty that misses out. As I, I would put Lucas Joao on the bench too. Joao on so the bench. So, win all the bench as well? I mean, no, no. You can't. I, you, can't. you can't have any more than three, surely. No. It, I, I know you've got 
in Forestieri and Joao's case, you could argue that you've got players who could play out wide um, and do that role, and then you'd have what for the central position, Rhodes, New Year, or Winnell, you could have. But for me, you've got pace of Joao, Forestieri can do something out of nothing, and who did we say, Rhodes? Um, Rhodes is the most maybe like for like perhaps with yeah. Fletcher. Uh, so that would mean that Atty and Sam Winnell miss would miss out. But then, who knows, might go ultra-attacking and play for, put four on, and then you'd only have one missing out. Uh, but this well, is it. when the, In this formation and the way they're playing, they're only actually playing with one what you would call recognised forward, uh, which, again, just makes it uh, even more of a... Uh, or shines more of a spotlight on the fact they've got six. Yeah, you don't need six when if you're only playing one. It's true. Um, he made a big deal, didn't he, Lee Bullen, about kind of saying that you know it's first game of the season and there's no form table to take into it. It's kind of anyone's game, first game of the season. It's it's a bit of an anomaly. Anything can kind of happen, and that's that's true. Um, all due respect to Reading, right? But if this is going to be the kind of season that we want it to be for Sheffield Wednesday, we've got to be going to places like Reading and getting a, a result. Yeah. Uh, and we've got a full strength team. Everyone's fit. There's no, there's no knocks. There's no injury. We, 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 you know, the, we're not coming off the back of a load of games in quick succession because it's the first game of the season. Um, I know Reading have been un- undergoing their own little kind of transformation of sorts, and they'll probably, I'm sure, their their rival singing the blues uh, podcast whatever it's called, will be having exactly the same conversation when they're saying, you know, Sheffield Wednesday have lost the manager three weeks before the start of the season. They've been under embargo. They've not been able to buy anyone. If, you know, if we can't beat them at home, then we might as well pack up and go home. Um, it's going to be an interesting game, isn't it? And, and it's it's dead important, these this first game of the season, to, you know, if we've seen it before where Wednesday have had really bad starts. And, um, you know, I, I remember, was it, was it Preston a couple of years ago? Yeah. Uh, where the fans were booing at, at full time, you know, first game of the season, uh, and you kind of think, well, you know, it, it can all at the moment it's full of hope and optimism. The fan base feels um, like you know we everyone's come together. Uh, there's a lot of sort of positivity around, and it could all be gone by this time tomorrow. The first game can set the tone yeah. for the season without a doubt. We've seen it in the last two years. You, you had the no show at Preston and five thousand Wednesday fans booing the team off. Uh, and then last year, defensively all over the place at Wigan, yeah. losing three two against an, who a team as it transpired uh, struggled big time in the second half of the season when one of those sides right down near the bottom, uh, and Wednesday lost. Uh, so yeah, you know Wednesday haven't won on the opening day since the Aston Villa triumph where yeah. Forestieri scored. Uh, won't go into what happened after that, um, but yeah, for Wednesday, oh, it, it would be it's an opportunity. It would be great to see them get off to a good start. And uh, when they were handed Reading away, I think most people would have looked at it and gone, "That is a big chance to get three points on the board on the opening day." And uh, that's no disrespect to Reading, but uh, you look at it and you think that ground that to go to Reading uh, in terms of atmosphere. On an open day, it's not going to be the best, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be a pretty soulless place. Mm-hmm. I would imagine there'll be more fans there than usual. Um, they're all, if there's not, they've got serious problems. Um, you know, when you're saying that you go into a season full of hope and optimism and everything, you'd expect that uh, it should be bouncing a little bit maybe tomorrow. Wednesday taking, therefore, allocation, as we've come to expect, uh, and I expect Wednesday to put in a good performance, a strong performance, and hopefully come away with the three points. And the opening six games, you've got what Hull at home, Luton at home, Millwall away, QPR at home. You've got to rack up some points. They have to. Got to do. They have to. There's no excuses uh, for not yeah. getting three or four wins for me from the opening six games. If they Absolutely. don't, it's a huge disappointment. We'll, we'll talk predictions in. Um uh, in a minute, um, but yeah, we'll we'll know very much after those first six seven games what kind of season it's going to be. Because if if Wednesday have not clocked up some decent wins from that run of games, then you think could be in for a tough one. Possibly, um, but then we, you say that. But then last year it was similar, where you thought fairly easyish start, yeah. and it wasn't it didn't you, come you, flying out of the traps. But then you did pick things to up. See, see, it's a promotion season. If if we've not you know, clocked yeah. up, you know, at least what. 
four or five wins from those you, first. You would think so, games. but then, of course, under Jos Lukai, uh, still put a run together after the first six yeah, games, and, we, and then and we're in the playoffs, we middle of 12th. October. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying that uh, it's not going to. Okay. It's not well, going to we'll, determine. We'll it's a chance to lay down a marker. Yeah, there we go. We'll go with that. We've got to take the chance. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Let's hear it from one of the the new guys in the Wednesday camp, Kadim Harris, uh, and he starts off telling us how the squad feel about Lee Bullen being in charge. I think the players are happy if he uh, get the managerial job. Um, he's a great manager, he's a great person um, from what I've seen so far being here. So, you know, I'm happy with him being in charge this weekend and I think everybody else, um, all the other players are as well. And they've done a great job, you know, with all the distractions. You know, you need to look at that. Although we've put, brushed it to one side, there has been them distractions and they've done well to, to brush it off uh, as well and, you know, continue on with with what's uh, going on this season and what the aim is and that's obviously um, for us to get promoted I think anyway so you know they've done a good job in their time in charge with um, brushing up to one side and, and making the players focus. How important do you think it is Kadeem that the one way or another managerial situation is sorted out as soon as possible? Um, I think it is important but you know that's not the most important thing for me um, we've got a great bunch here and you know, no matter what the situation was, I think we would cope with it well. There's a lot of experience in it in the team, and um, we've a lot of us have been professionals now for you know eight years plus. So we know what this game uh, can can have, and we know what, what what's online here and what's at stake. So you know we dealt with it very well, and like I said, there's a great bunch of, of lads here that that push that brush that to one side. Have you ever been in a situation before where you're going into a season where a caretaker's in challenge? I actually haven't, but um, I don't think it's changed much and I'm still confident going into this weekend and confident that we can get a result. Yeah. What are the expectations from within the group as to what you might be able to, to achieve this year? I don't think there's any expectation. I think you know we're confident um, going into this season. We're definitely confident going into this weekend and I think we'll be the same going into every weekend ahead. I don't think there's much in this league that can stop us or um, be you know, uh, too much for us. So, you know, we're confident as a bunch and I think we've got a great bunch of lads here with talent is concerned uh, to do well this season. Because that's quite an indication about the Championship, isn't it? You know, you look at the Fulham maybe or one or two others, but actually the strength of the Championship is the fact that a lot of you are a bit of a similar stand, if you like. Yeah, um, I've always said it as well, with this league you don't know what to expect. Um, you know, I couldn't tell you now who's going to be right at the top of, of the league and who's going to be at the bottom. You know, this, this league's full of shocks every, every season, so I'm sure it'll be the same this, this season, but you know, we're just focusing on ourselves and we're confident going into this season that we'll do well. So important then, you start well? Um, yeah, uh, you know, I don't think that's everything, because you know, you've looked at years before and teams haven't started well and they've ended up getting promoted. So. You know, we can't go into this weekend and if things don't go our way, think, oh no, that's the, that's the end of the world because there's so much more games to go in, in the league and so much more things can happen. So, you know, we're confident and we're, we're, we're happy with, with the squad that we've got here. How, um, how has it been almost as a, a group of players avoiding the distractions from what's going on outside the club? The managerial change, the transfer embargo, your move here was agreed ages ago, but then not officially signed off, I suppose. And the other chip, the other things that happened just to kind of turn up the train. Um, to be honest, it's been easy to to brush all that off and and put that to one side because you know we're, we're all professionals here. We've all got the the same thing in mind, and that's to to finish as high as possible this season. So you know all that other stuff is has been put to the side, and we've just been focusing on ourselves and and training hard and, and being ready for for the season ahead. How big an opportunity is this for you to to get you know thirty plus games? across the season under your belt at this level? Massive. Um, it's what I wanted to do uh, my whole career, you know, play a full season. I've got the opportunity now. Um, you know, it's up to me and, and I'm confident, like everybody else in the team, that, that I can do it. Is it almost um, a, a confidence boost that fans and indeed the management staff see you as adding what they've not had in previous seasons here, a winger with pace? Of course, you know, I've, I've heard of, of recent years they, they haven't uh, had a player like myself, um, who's who's quick and um, very direct. So, you know, that's that's a massive confidence boost for me. And you know, it's, it's in my hands now to to uh, perform. 
and uh, provide goals and assists, and that's that's my aim. Interesting fact for you here. Uh, did you know around 15% of our audience is based abroad? Uh, United States is the biggest outside of the UK. We've got Australia, New Zealand, France, Canada, Spain, where we get listeners. 37 different countries in total. I mention this just because uh, I follow. If you're abroad, you can watch Wednesday games using I follow. 130 quid for the season, but until Monday, it's 110. It's the early bird offer. And they've improved it this season. You've got four camera angles for replays. Uh, you get John Pearson, which I reckon is worth 110 quid on its own, actually. <laughs> uh, anyone like me that watched the Espanol game on Sunday on YouTube will have seen kind of the dress rehearsal with the replays and stuff like that. And it didn't crash. It was it was seamless. Um, I'm mentioning this. We're not getting paid to mention this or anything like that. But um, I did end up chatting to Liam, who is the new commercial director at the club a couple of days ago. Uh, I say new. I mean, he's been there for a few months. In fact, he's been longer here than Steve Bruce was. Um, and I thought I'd mention it because if you're abroad, it is brilliant. I mean, I've considered just emigrating just to take up the offer because you can't you can't do it in the in the UK. But you'd miss the Riverside Cafe too much. Well, so you probably, know you won't do that. I probably would. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's move on to our opinions then. Uh, last week we asked you what is the best Wednesday away kit of all time, and and and, and it was my shortlist. I gave you three options: uh, purple and grey, which was actually mid eighties. I got that really wrong. I said seventies. Um, both you and I voted for that one. It got twenty percent of the overall vote. Oh. Uh, green hoops, which was late eighties, just fourteen percent. It's a bit of a marmite kit that one, though, mm. isn't it? Uh, and then Brazil yellow, which was early nineties, comprehensive winner with sixty six percent of the vote. There were some good honourable mentions as well. Some of the uh, the Puma Sanderson kits in the nineties, the black one with yellow pinstripes, and then the yellow one with purple pinstripes that got mentioned a few times. The grey and blue one from the playoff season. I remember those scenes after full time at Brighton and will always remind me of that of that kit. Um, so some really good things there. This week, Dom, it is... Well, it's over to you. Well, it's uh, it's a fairly obvious one, really, to go with uh, before the start of a new season, but it, it seems a bit silly not to really put it out there and ask it. Um, ahead of a 46-game marathon, where do you think Wednesday are going to finish? It's as simple as that. And uh, I'm going to uh, st- stick uh, my head on the... Dropping block and go, I think, 10th. Uh, right, okay. That's that's incredibly doom, I have to say. What? Uh, Why? Because I'm, I'm going 6th. Why not? 6th? Well... Um, I reckon that everything's against us, right? The the Sky Sports Prediction League has us in 24th, bottom of the table. No one is expecting anything from Sheffield Wednesday. When was the last time that no one was expecting anything from Sheffield Wednesday? When we finished sixth under Carlos, we went under the radar. It suits us better when there is no pressure on us. And with everything that's happened with Steve Bruce, there's no pressure. The, the players um, are not going to feel there's that, that pressure there. And um, yeah, I, I, I've I got, I'm probably completely wrong. I always am. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going for, I'm, I'm going sixth. I think, I think we can sneak into I, the playoffs. I would love nothing more than for Wednesday to be in the top six, but I can't get past... Uh, in fact, do you know what? I'm going to put an asterisk by my prediction because I will change it next week on the back of what happens in the transfer window. That's what okay. I will do. So at the moment, I'm going with 10th, but because uh, I am part of this podcast, I can. I also get licensed to make these changes. Okay. So And it's only one game in. So I will uh, reevaluate my prediction uh, depending on what business is done. Uh, between now and the bell. Okay, that seems fair. That seems fair. But at the moment, I, it, hey, you say it's pessimistic, but I, hey, tenth, that's still two places better than where they finished last season. And it, right now, yeah. there's no Michael Hector either. Well, so is, yeah. this, is this team actually stronger than what they were last season? I wouldn't say by masses. There's a bit more stability there, I would say, than, than last season. Um, but the uh, in anything... Above twelfth, we'd have to see it as a success, yeah, because it's an improvement, and and you know we've got. Here's the thing, right? We have absolutely no idea what kind of season this is going to be, not just for us, but for any team in the championship. Um, the, there are club, you know, Fulham in the last couple of weeks have, have really seemed to kind of stick their head just slightly above everyone else. Um, Leeds have kept the nucleus of the squad together, but you know, even so. We've seen it before, haven't we, with teams that are expected to do well and it just doesn't happen for them. Like It is so yep. wide open. It is ridiculous just how wide open it is. And for Wednesday, you know, literally there's predictions putting us bottom of the table. Um, there's me saying sixth. There's you know, other people will be confident that we could be up there or thereabouts. There'll be a lot of people thinking mid-table will be all right for us. Uh, who knows? Le- you know, no, Lee Bourne was right in what he said this morning is that uh, 
the championship is so unpredictable and every year there is at least one team that surprises you and why why uh, what's to say it won't be Sheffield Wednesday yeah, yeah. so you're going 10th with an asterisk yes Fair enough. I have to make the rules up so you're allowed to do it this week uh, right join in the conversation with the hashtag Alpinions uh, we'll give you our Twitter details in just a second um, tell us what you think we'll mention some of your thoughts next Friday and we'll set a new Alpinions for your input that's just about it thank you for joining us you can catch Dom on Twitter at Dom Housen. I'm on Twitter at James Marriott and you can contact the show at Dom and James as ever do let us have any feedback on the show we appreciate your reviews please subscribe to us for free in your podcast app of choice to get the new episode every week uh, and check the show notes for details of how you can become a singing the blues supporter up the owls and see you next Friday